Welcome to Ask Andy featuring Andrew Redleaf. Ask Andy is sponsored by Park State Bank. Visit www.parkstatebank.com for all your banking needs. So in my May letter to investors, I suggested that I wasn't expecting a recession, and in particular, that I didn't think Fed policy would cause a recession. Now, um, subsequent to that, numerous commentators, most notably Larry Summers, has said that you know it's uh, more likely than not that a recession will happen in the next two years. Now, of course, when, if one gives oneself two years, that statement is uh, not very strong. But let me talk a little bit more about why, apart from Fed policy, I don't see a recession, or at least a severe recession, down the pike. Now, one of the uh, tautologies of uh, economics, one of the you know kind of basic accounting equations, is that the money supply, however defined, but just m, money times the velocity of money, how often it turns over, has to equal the price level times the quantity of goods. So that's algebraically it's written mv equals p times q now most of the time when people are making an economic statement or a prediction there is an implicit statement about uh, these variables their linkage and their causality more specifically you see people looking at one variable fixing two and making a prediction about the third. So for example, when I you know, first took uh, Economics 101, which would have been fall of 75 and the uh, spring of 76, one bit of received wisdom was that V was tightly constrained. The velocity of money was thought to be more or less a constant and a function of the mechanics within the banking system, when you know how quickly transactions could, in fact, occur, and then at that point, the monetarists thought if you increase m, you know v stays the same. The monetarists would say, well, q, quantity of goods, that's a function of uh, the capital stock and the labor supply, also sort semi-fixed in in the short term. So to the monetarists, an increase in the money supply means an increase in the price level because the other two variables in that scheme are more or less fixed. And to the Keynesians, prices were sticky, more or less contained. So an increase in the money supply times a constant level of velocity equals a constant P, and therefore uh, an increased quantity of goods. So the Keynesian said, if you increase M, you will increase Q. Now, sort of all of these predictions have been sort of wrong at one time or another, um, because each of the variables can behave differently in different times, different circumstances. So I, uh, along with many others, thought the massive injections of liquidity, the massive increases in the money supply following the great financial crisis of 08, that wouldn't result in inflation. That, you know, P, the price level would have to go up. In actuality, I got wrong, what other people got wrong, what happened was the velocity of money plummeted. So M went up by a factor of four, 
but the velocity of money uh, came down by a factor of four and p and q sort of stayed the same give or take you know broadly speaking over over a uh, swath of time one of the reasons that people now sort of cite for uh, the likelihood of a recession which is to say a decline in the q part of the equation is that price level has gone up the fed is trying to keep m constrained the fed is tightening and v also in this view the velocity of money also constrained or perhaps declining this is when people say that consumers spending more on food and energy will spend less on uh, everything else uh, it's really a statement about the velocity of money it's saying that you know the consumers who are transferring more money to the producers of food and energy have a higher propensity to spend a faster velocity of money than producers and there may well be a little bit of truth to that so that argument p up m and v not going up uh, therefore q quantity of goods has to go down ergo a recession in contrast one could just as easily say that as a result of increased inflation and uh, in fact negative real interest rates people borrow more money and increase in m they also spend it faster ergo an increase in v and so no forced change in q so the important thing from this discussion is no change in any one variable actually forces or causes or has to cause a change in one or the other and when one says it does one is always making a contingent kind of statement about the mechanism and the way the other factors move you know in the recession call there is mostly an implicit assumption that the velocity of money won't go up part of this in one way this might happen is people uh, suggest or believe or purport that wages are lagging and will continue to lag inflation that uh, wages are set periodically as it were wages are sticky uh, employers may well have more economic bargaining power than employees and so that the increase in the price level is a transfer from uh, wage earners to producers the wage earners turn their money over faster than the producers so if oil company profits go up they don't immediately have to plug the money back into investment or anything they can sort of sit on it there's an implicit sort of belief that the money that went out of consumers hands into oil producers hands will now have a slower velocity while this is you know plausible and in certain circumstances it could happen my contention would be that the labor market is so strong the supply of labor currently below the demand for labor that in fact um, wages and personal income will not lag inflation for an extended period of time if at all and that therefore uh, that prediction that interpretation of the way the m times v equals p times q equation will play out is um, wrong in looking 
to understand both inflation and recession, booms and busts, etc. I, you know, I think it's just an error to look at the m times v equals p times q equation as giving one sort of any predictive power. That changes in any one of those variables do not perforce cause specific changes in the others. Uh, the other variables obviously do have to change, but they can change in an infinite number of ways as long as uh, uh, the equation still balanced. It would be my assertion that recessions really have to come from either disruptions of production, as in the pandemic, or in previous times, fires, natural disasters, crimping enough of production to matter way back when strikes, labor disruptions could be significant enough to impact uh, economic activity on a national scale, etc. So uh, disruptions, either man-made or natural, or more often errors, sort of people engaging in economic activity, anticipating something, a lot of economic activities is forward-looking, um, and then being proven wrong, and that economic activity has to, to stop. Classically, business cycles were often seen in terms of an inventory cycle, that businesses would make an error anticipating demand for certain uh, goods and services. They would stock up increased economic activity in order to build those inventories, and then if, if demand didn't show up, production would have to halt while those inventories got worked off. Essentially, in the M, M times V equals P times Q formulation, velocity would be going down as uh, inventory turns slowed, inventories are worked off, etc. And certainly, things such as um, the housing bubble I think that can be uh, formulated um, in terms of error. You know, people on the one hand, both on the you know sort of housing construction side and on the uh, consumption side, as people erred in um, calculating their wealth embedded within their houses when that error was revealed, that economic activity had to cease, and it takes time for resources to be redirected, etc. In the current situation, one can sort of make a case that maybe that's happened or happening. On the inventory side, um, certain retailers, Target in particular, one sees Target's earnings report, it appears that too much in the way of, you know, like casual clothing or, you know, more generally that certain retailers have a mix of goods that demand has not equaled their guess and supply. I think, while I wouldn't argue with that, uh, I would argue about the magnitude of the uh, misallocation to inventory and the extent to which retailers have goods that people don't want and the amount of time that it would take to uh, work out in the you know, sort of misdirection of resources. Not atypically, Rather than direct goods, errors come on the capital investment side. And again, this would be part of the housing boom and bust. But, you know, think of any sort of activity 
not immediately resulting in the production of goods, but then the production of goods resulting from that activity uh, not being met by sustained demand. And, and again, the resources that were directed towards that activity will cease to be directed to that activity. It takes time for them to be redirected for accumulated savings to replace the loss on investment, etc. So it's always the case uh, that there's a certain amount of malinvestment. You know, that that is the nature of the game. People invest capital, have economic activity in anticipation of demand in the future, and it doesn't always appear now. So the, the question is always whether it's on the finished goods size or on the capital investment side, whether the errors are substantial, whether they are, you know, sort of more than the ordinary flow, whether the correction of those errors involves a significant curtailing of economic activity that cannot yet be replaced by other economic activity. And again, as I survey the situation, I don't see that. Now, you know, as listeners of this uh, podcast know, I'm a believer that uh, crypto is a bubble. I'm of the belief that uh, crypto values will uh, uh, decline dramatically. And I you know, certainly think that the economic resources devoted to the mining of crypto and the speculating on crypto um, are malinvestments, are misdirected resources, and ultimately, perhaps, um, sooner rather than later, that will cease. So it's a question of the order of magnitude of that. Is that enough to move the needle in terms of national economic statistics? And again, my sense is no. So to recap, and to put it back in the um, MV equals PQ formulation, my contention is um, even though the Fed is raising interest rates with uh, real interest rates, negative and and an exceptionally strong labor market, loan demand will remain robust. Therefore, the M portion looks okay. And on the um, V side, again, uh, as a matter of the strength in the labor market, in point of fact, sort of as a reaction to the increase in inflation, the P, I see that as being healthy too, and therefore, per force, it is not the case that GDP has to come down. You know, I, I remain pretty optimistic on the strength of the economy and our ability to forestall a recession. Now, as I said previously, you know, like I think it's best to think of recessions as being caused by being the result of errors, uh, whether on the investment side, capital goods side, or on the uh, mix of goods that are made on the sort of um, retail side. Now, there certainly a possibility exists that if a sufficient number of economic actors, in fact, all believe that the Fed will raise rates to a punitive degree, that the Volcker uh, regime uh, will be reinstated, you know, 
perhaps is the only way to contain feedback loops producing a continued high rate of inflation. That in and of itself could be a recession-provoking error. Again, my guess is that with any moderation in inflation numbers, some of which I do think are the result of production supply disruption, I think that um, the assessment that interest rates uh, and an increase in interest rates is going to cause a recession and that being a self-fulfilling prophecy, I think it's likely that those predictions in fact wane and the economy can successfully emerge from this cycle. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Ask Andy. If you would like to submit a question, please email askandypodcast at gmail.com. Ask Andy is sponsored by Park State Bank. Visit www.parkstatebank.com for all your banking needs.